early in the morning, rising to the street. Light me up that cigarette, and I'll strap shoes on my feet. Got to find a reason, reason things went wrong. Got to find a reason why my money's all gone. I'm gonna blame that one on Christmas. I got on Christmas. Why your money's all gone? Christmas. Oh, it's the holidays. For yeah, the holidays. Sure. Yeah. Just want to welcome everybody to episode 56 of Cowboy Shit with Ted Wasey. We've got a very special in-house guest for a full episode. In the studio. The official photographer of PBR Canada. Photographer. What the is official a, what por- is a- The official pornographer of PBR Canada. <laughs> oh, no. The official pornographer of Pinocchio Stampede. Oh, no. Okay, guys. And many other rodeos across Canada. We got the one and only Covey Moore photographer. If you want to buy a print from him, you're going to have to wait six to eight business months. <laughs> But you will get it at some point. That's our good pal. Oh, no. Kobe Moore. Welcome he to the show. He doesn't sell prints. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean, though. On a digital files. files. Whatever. It's 2020. 2020 can't, even say, can't even say it's 2019 anymore. It's 2020. Yeah. We're, we're living in the 2020 future. vision, yo. We're living in the future, man. It's the future. In hindsight, it's 2020. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, That's the joke of the, joke, joke of the day. <laughs> that joke okay. is the joke of the decade. <laughs> Watch out. There's plants coming through. Plants coming through. There's a plant. We still got our Christmas tree up. Yeah, it's cool. Isn't that a like, bad luck foul? Isn't there something about rolling Into past the New, New Year? Year's with no, your Christmas tree? No, I up? think you have some leeway. It's not like Remembrance Day with the poppy deal, like when you're supposed to get rid of your poppy on the left. Because you people aren't supposed to wear your poppy past. Let's not go there. That's, uh, that's the last decade. <laughs> that's, the, that's the last decade, geez. bro. I sport I my I sport my straw in all four seasons, so I don't buy into it. Yeah, COVID, but what? you don't have a nice felt but anymore. Out of, out of your felt got mangled in I, the sun and then rain this year. I wrecked it. Ruined it. Yeah. Wrecked him. Down your killed him. Ruined it. Just ruined it. How many it. hats do you go through a summer? Straw hats. You. Me. Cold. You got to well, use I'm, your straw hat more in you the rain situations. Yeah. Uh, you sweat this, a lot. Only this. put your felt on inside where it can't get wrecked. I, uh, yeah, bought right? a real That's nice. That's how you should do it. If it's inside event, it's felt. If yeah. it's outside, just follow it's, the rules. Just follow the rules of of, of, straw. of the hat seasons. After May long is straw season, then after Labor Day is felt felt season. I would save you some hats, man. Yeah, well, see, that's the thing is, and I'm, those things aren't cheap. <laughs> I'm, well, that's the right? thing is, I'm a cheapskate, so I don't actually even go a cheap many hats. even a cheap straw has still over a hundred dollars. Which is nice, a nice one, a nice well, one. Yeah, and that's a cheap one. Yeah, it's true. A cheap nice one is over a hundred dollars. I don't think I've owned but four or five hats in. Yeah, ever. He's only like, had a few. Like eight oh, years I have, I've, I've seen the evolution of pro card. the. I mean, they've gotten better though. The hats of Kobe. <laughs> oh, yeah, they have. We should <laughs> almost do yeah. like a. We should do like a um, a collage of the hats of Kobe. Oh, fuck. <laughs> just, just like just throughout the years, how many hats are the different hats and how much better it's gotten. So it started out with the brown time. one. Yeah, Smith built. Yeah. Remember that one? But there was a crappy straw in there too, wasn't there? It started with a crappy straw, like your a Lamley straw. Yeah, no, like your fucking PV Mark straw. Yeah, your PV Mark straw. That's really narrow narrow in the front looks yeah like a super that was straight straight. out of the, just a cookie cutter yeah. back in 2010 just a cookie cutter straw hat way way back not quite to, not not quite toby keith but not quite kenny chesney not, no kenny chesney's a palm leaf I, guy i gotta stand up for myself almost tim all, like almost, you're almost walking the line of tim mcgraw and brad paisley but it's not quite cranked up enough Cowboys, not enough, yeah. there's not Cowboys enough, not enough, not enough, not enough truck, yeah, to... on the brim on those. You need a little more truck, yeah, to be a Tim McGraw. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> Speaking of truck, yeah, that was, was that what Slade said your, no, that's what I said. I, that's that's my, what you said that's Slade's my, song of the decade that's, was? That was my rebuttal. I think that's where we should start today, song of the decade. Okay. What do you think, Cove? You can't right. pick Sublime. I think it I, was pre- I need to go last. You, you gotta go last, Kate. Yeah. What do you think, Wacy? Wacy well, actually, you said on Twitter that it was Springsteen. Yeah, my, personally, my song of the decade is, is Springsteen. I, cause it's funny because I have no like, because like I like to relate songs that I really like to experiences I've had in life, which is why I like a lot of sad music because I've had a lot of trouble in my love life. Sad times. <laughs> But anyways, like I have, I have nobody no, knows the trouble Wacy's seen. I've never had a, <laughs> I've never had a situation where I like. I can like I can like relate something in my life to the lyrics of Springsteen, but I can like remember like the day it got released as a single and the first time I heard it and like how it's like how in love I fell with the song and it still has that same effect to me 
this very day. Like I can listen to it and never get sick of it. And it's one of my favorite songs of all time. And I've it's, seen it live and it, it's awesome. It's catchy as hell. Yeah. But it, for but it, me, but it was it, one but, of those ones that got overplayed where you just hated it for the sake and, you heard it too much. Well, and see, and see I, ha- I have that, pro- that, that, I never had that problem with that song. But that happens with like tons of music mm-hmm. you hear nowadays because it's like a, it's a mainstream country music. So you're going to hear it a lot on the radio, but I never got sick of it. I'm still mm-hmm. not sick of it. And that's what, to me, I think it's just like how timeless it's been for me personally. And like, it's not your cookie cutter um, country music song nowadays, right? Like, it's kind of like you're not talking about like jacked up trucks and Dixie cups and party and that kind of stuff. It yeah. actually has like meaningful lyrics about an experience that he had and like how, and that's that's what relate like how I relate to it. And that's why it's yeah. such an important song for me anyways. Where's Ted at on Song of the well, so de- Decade? The Song of the Decade? Decade. Um, I'm looking at this more on a on a like a I don't I don't know if I want to say like bigger picture or or looking at all the years kind of thing, but looking at these few different articles with like Billboard and there's one here with Time, a uh, few of them that come up that we might not have thought about that were huge at the time maybe would be like uh, I'm just looking at right here the the Goydier song somebody that I used to know they have it here at number eight released in 2011 song. spent four weeks at number one. And it was reached the top spot in more than 20 countries. Mm-hmm. And then you've got... And now uh, they're just somebody that we used to know because they haven't released a single since then. Eh? Right? <laughs> but then you look at like other other songs on here, Chainsmokers, Closer. That could be a Wacy top 10. Oh, that. but it, like, that's one of those things too. It's a, it's a catchy song that I got sick of because it got played so much. But with yeah. Springsteen, I never got sick of it. No matter how many times it gets played or and how many probably, times I hear it. Yeah. Like, and you, and like I have the same... like and seeing, like I've seen Eric Church like perform that live and just like how Incredible i felt in bit. that moment like this one that's, has that's how i connect to music anyways, this one has number personally. three as ed sharon with shape of you reaches number one in more than 30 countries like this is like a global so thing maybe the, not the just, one the one thing i have to you, put it put, put an asterisk on like the newer like within the last five years for the newer because like this with streaming services because those songs get played so much more so it's easier to climb the charts now with the streaming services which is a, more right because it's not just the radio yeah, stations be, deciding it's the people deciding which right. Canada's always but been still, skewed because of but, our, but you our still, radio but, it's still, but it still goes off record sales too right yeah, Partially. it's gonna, it's gonna yeah. touch on that, but I think the yeah. streaming. But this one, like, gonna if it's a song that's number one in thirty, but, but it's still gonna go off iTunes sales too. Like that's what how people consume music back, like before, but prior to the streaming services, you're purchasing the, the individual. So a, a song, song had to be that much better back then. Then that's what I'm saying. But so, but okay, Spring, but, so Springsteen your, hasn't showed up on any of these lists. No, it's fine. That's, that's my only like, thing. I know. It's, I'm just saying that to it's, me. Give me your favorite song. I'm looking more at it like a big picture. Like what is the best song out out mm-hmm. there? Not not I'd just this one's best. This one's one I like. That's my, I have, that's, that's I my have to go to the one I like too. Yeah, yeah that's how it is. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I don't care what uh, other people say. Here's what one, I like. This one says number two is uh, Party Rock Anthem. Oh no, that's a sweet song. Party never, Rock. Remember when they were the yeah. uh, so for my 19th birthday, I went to to <laughs> LMFAO concert. It was actually unreal. <laughs> it was so much fun. It says in t- released in 2011, the song spent six straight weeks at number one. It was on the Hot 100 for 68 weeks. You can still play that song at any party and people are yeah, fucking right? going. See, that's the thing, though, is that a song like that really would be one of the best songs of the decade. Mm. It might not be a great song, but it's like it's actually like a, an anthem of mm-hmm. these years, right? Where this one, it says number one is Uptown Funk, which kind of makes a little bit of sense. It's kind of annoying, too, and it's been overplayed, mm-hmm. but it's kind of a song that's probably not going to go away. But that's my that's my Springsteen, though. It was overplayed. The, the, the hell out but of it was overplayed. But it's not going to go away. But, well, and for me, I didn't find it I did. You could play it. Well, and, and like, I'm, I'm not disagreeing that these it. songs aren't good. Like they're 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 definitely song of the decade. It's just what, they've been played. What you're like, saying, but my yeah. per, my personal opinion for me, my song of the decade, your favorite one, yeah, was, was Springsteen. That, that that's that just, That's how it is it, for me. In a world possessed by the human mind, one of the tragically hip's last ones they put together before. Was uh, that this day? Or, was yeah, Mr. Brightside? Was this? Was that before 2010? <laughs> what about that's 3 a.m. Fucking bang! No, that's a 90s. Which one? <laughs> uh, which one? What's it called? Mr. Brightside. I, I think it's like, like, like 08 or 9. Yeah. Because that, that, would, that would be the song of the decade yeah. in a minute. Because uh, you want to get white people going at a party? 2003, just, man. <laughs> Jesus. That's a <laughs> oh, no. That's a timeless song. Dang. that's uh, I'm finding uh, that to be struggling. You're, we're now 2020, but the decade to me is still from 2000 for some reason. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, see, I get caught up in I that. I saw yeah. who's, yeah. The, who's coaching the Dallas Stars right now. It said that he co- well, he's coached. Bonas or Brugner or whatever his name is. He's oh. coached in five different decades. Yeah, he's been coached yeah. in the 80s, years, 90s, years. 2000s, 2010s, and now this is 2020s. Like that's, that's five different. That seems crazy to me. Mm-hmm. I'm the furthest from a baller, but I saw that they're going to start Vince Carter in a game or something. This could be an internet thing, but he'll be a, the first basketball player to have played in four decades. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Because he would have been in late 90s. Yeah. 92,000. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Which is kind of neat. They've got, I didn't know he was still playing. <laughs> these guys have got uh, Old Town Road at number seven. Released in 2018, spent 19 straight weeks at number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it was and like what, what you rolling talk, in the deep number 10 what you talked about before we went on the air with like how it like crossed over the genres and had that such a big yeah. impact like that's it makes a lot of sense like why it's a great song yeah and it, it definitely f- definitely one of the top songs of the decade for sure Ooh, i was sold number on. 13 carly Rae jepsen call me maybe i remember that oh, one no. <laughs> call me wasty i'd always say that and people would laugh <laughs> I pump. I when that song came out i bumped it we were i remember the the we were at a hockey tournament in banff and that was our win song it was oh, fucking awesome. Call Me Maybe was your, <laughs> was your right. song. Man, hockey right. guys. Megan Trainer, all about that bass. Hockey guys are 17. weird, man. <laughs> Music. Um, moves Like Jagger, number 20. Mm. Look at the... Look Happy at the, by Pharrell Williams, 21. What, let, let me ask you guys then, Wace, you've got the connection to a time, a place, a feeling, or whatever with music. What's a song, aside from Springsteen, that places you somewhere, and where does it place you? Ooh, that's a good question. Oh, my, a big, good question. my big one is uh, Time of Your Life. Um, I think it's not actually called that. It's called something else. But um, the one off of Dirty Dancing. I hope you have the time of your life. Oh, um, uh, that's that's Green Day. Green Day's. Yeah, it puts me at the during a rain delay at the Indianapolis 520. Every grad in small town Alberta and Saskatchewan <laughs> ever. <laughs> I would say another one for me is like is one headlight. That's one of like my top five heads on by the Wallflowers. Yeah, yeah. Because that Bob Dylan. It just boy. reminds. It just like kind of like puts me like being on the road, like driving late night to a rodeo. Like that song always like connects with you. That way, and it's really lyrically, it's a great song too, right? Don't take me home with one hand. Yeah, it's a great song. Yeah. Unreal. I really like the Wallflowers, mm-hmm. despite being a three-hit wonder. Yeah, literally. I like uh, the Traveling Wilburys. Uh, end of the line. It's one of my favorites right now. Where does it? Oh, is it put you somewhere? Like uh, I don't know. I just I just think it's cool. It's just a groovy, groovy tune. Mm-hmm. Groovy uh, Tuesday. Just, just one. I don't know that your your question's kind of hard because I just like how did stuff I stump, sounds. Did I stump the guys that ask questions? No, that's a great question because I have a lot of experiences that way. Even like the thing of Springsteen, I can think of all the moments that I've ever heard it live and like just like it's crazy how it's it's it funny really how, connects into his soul. It's funny how it's funny how music can have that effect on somebody though. Really, like it's it's amazing. That's true. It's it's awesome. I love music. Music's badass. I feel like I'm sitting with the right guys to talk about music too. <laughs> Hell yeah! I just like how stuff sounds. That's how I go by everything. Mm. I'm not a lyric guy. Like, I, I can know you're a lyric guy, and I don't know what you are. <laughs> what would you say? Are you a lyric guy, or are you more how I'm it a, sounds? I'm a pro-photographer. But there's even, but there's even, like, I, there's even, like, sound, too, which would attract me to music. Like, but, yeah. like, but, like, you, I, like, a song I can connect to more than a song that I like, that the, the sound of it. Because it just, like, it's, like, if I'm doing mindless work, if I'm, like, just whatever, hanging out, like, mm-hmm. sweet, like, music with a good beat sounds cool or like doing like working like at an event where you're doing sound like you want to have yeah. good music that sounds that, good that one's for me at the events some of it's wording wording but it's it's more so the sound, the sound and the of feel it. and what i can create with that yeah because you can create sound. Like a, a whole like energy with just with the just sound song, of music right? right yeah but then person on, on a personal level i like connecting to like the lyrics and where it puts yeah. me in what si- where, situation where it puts you with the song mm-hmm. like how you connect with connect with how you dock with the song <laughs> Oh, <laughs> is there any uh, rodeo or bull riding news uh, that's happened in the last uh, two weeks? Since well, so we've release? got to the music. We've kind of decided what, like, we didn't really decide. You no. decided what you wanted. I don't really want to pick one. I just wanted to kind of yeah, talk about it. Mine would be too it. personal. It's a good. To, well, you're, there's not. A, there's never going to be a right or wrong answer. No, exactly. Yeah. Uh, if, you're, if you're just going off of like weeks spent at the top or like streams or like yeah. records sold, then yeah, then you can put a number on it. It's but kind of like our list of the greatest bull riders. We could do it that way. Yeah. Where that's what the billboard list is. Like this one spent the most time at number yeah, one. Like exactly. it's kind of tough to argue that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, speaking of that kind of thing, if you want to get on that one, Kovey, let's go, <laughs> let's go. Let's talk about the scores at the NFR. What do you guys think? Were they too high? Were they getting loaded a little bit? Were they correct? Should they be higher at the NFR? What do you guys think? I think it should. I think if it, as long as you have the order right, like as, long as, as long as whoever's winning should, is what if they were what if they won the round with a hundred points every night? Well, that, then it would it would lose it would lose <laughs> it would lose some of its. But even when they're almost breaking the records, and yeah. the guys aren't spurring that hard up and like that yeah. high or like, I mean, I knew that they were going to mark Sage really high. Like I I had to pick ninety four. Yeah. Uh, that night he was ninety four and a half. Decision that was, but, but that was, that was a great. Pay, that was a did gr- you fill out the great yeah, board, media yeah. room at ninety four? But I told Tim Ellis to go ninety four and a half, so he won because he got the score right on. So he was gonna just the, put. He the, didn't know what to put, and I was like, "Man, just put what you know." He's went, gonna be like, he's gonna be a lot of points. So I put ninety four, and then yeah. Tim Tim put ninety four and a half. 
Because he was sweet. I was like, yeah, just put your go a little bit higher, just so we're different. So rank pen and see, and that's, that's but that's a ninety yeah. point ride anywhere you go. Yeah, it was a good ride. Uh, he was been, way out of shape at one point. So yeah. if you're judging more, uh, what do you but say? You see, more critically, you, see, you could dock him on part of that too. Yeah, I'd like to see the bull score versus his score on that one for sure. Because yeah. I, I'd argue that he probably was under. Because I mean, that bull could have been from. That's a still that's a forty five point ride though. That, Easy that on, a 40, on a forty five for, point bull. But Bruiser, that wasn't Bruiser's best trip. No, either, that though. trip on the PBR side is a, a ninety one. Yeah, but it's an that's a ninety point score anywhere. Yeah, I, ninety. I, so ninety four and a so, half. It's a little, but, it's a little but steep. Then you're only like a point and a half off the arena record. But then again, some of those scores back then weren't that great either. Yeah. So, so like, it's makes me wonder what the real bar is, right? There's like, no question that the athletes on the animal and human side are getting better and better. Um, and I'd hate to have to judge at a place like oh, that. Oh, you don't. Good. That's for sure. God. But Definitely under the microscope. I would, I would say, like like I said before, as long as you're getting the order right, then it's okay. Who cares what this fuck is? As long as you're not counting out hundreds, but... Stock contractors might care if you're... Yeah. Out of, but I mean, of, I, but like that point you made about people like like back in the day, like even look at like who was 96 and a half on Promise Land? Uh, wasn't it... Terry on West, somebody was, but like that's that's not a ninety six point ride now. That's like you're no, maybe cracking ninety, or even the night where they were like all the nineties in St. Louis or whatever event it was, where there was like eleven nineties or something. Yeah. Like even then wasn't quite legit. No. But then you look at some of these rides today, like Lockwood on Heartbreak Kid, or like some of on his chis- rides like on Chiseled. Yeah, like that's a ninety when he's ninety three on Chiseled. You know, like I some had- of these rides seem really legit. Or like, but even at the time, we might look back and be like, oh, that wasn't that much. Like that's part of the, that's part of the evolution of the sport, though, right? Yeah, that uh, chiseled uh, ride with Barbosa that was in that Vegas. Was right. I had a completely non bull ride and non Western events friendly person on Skype with me at the time, and I saw the uh, saw that he was going to be coming out. And I knew what he had done a couple of rounds prior. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and the, the guy was asking just how do scores work, how does this work, and and I just turned the turned the camera around and said like, watch this one, like this bull is definitely going to go. And that's the best be ride you're going to see in a long time. And then all of a sudden he did that, and I'm Smashed screaming on it. Skype like, oh, like holy fuck, that was like that's insane yeah. what he did on the back of that yeah. bull, and then what that bull was doing out there was was outrageous. So. um it's cool to see it from that perspective when you get that moment where you're going to go see 90, what was it? 90, 95.75 yeah. and get to just show someone like who's literally asking you in that moment. Oh, like what's a good bull ride look like? And you this one get, right here. Yeah. Like <laughs> was, that, was that the highest score of the one. decade? Uh, or was JB on Bushwhacker? Same yeah. Story? Okay. Well, is that, Ooh, let me look at this. I'm gonna have to check it out. So just while you're looking that up, a place where I don't disagree, I do, I di- I disagree with like the juicing or like putting a, a bunch of extra points on was like is a place like Calgary, like where we saw when like so Sage was what ninety two on Chrome, and that the week like oh. three days before they were eighty seven points on the same trip. That seemed kind of funny, didn't it? Yeah, one ninety five point two five for Mooney on. So Bush that would Ryan. be the highest score of the decade. Then. I think you. I think you might be right. Yeah, I'd have to confirm on in the PBR though. I think. Yeah. It, I think it might be. What else would be even contending it? In the early 2000s, like 11, 12, 13, 14, there was nothing, nothing. that high, was there? No, we would have known about it. I wonder. I'd have to look, I'd have to look further. But yeah, um, that's kind of neat, too. Okay. Kind of unexpected, too, right? You've you seen that 2019. Yeah. You know Mooney and Bushwhacker is going to be a big score. But And yeah. that one, that one might have been a little inflated, too. Mm-hmm. That one might maybe should have been 95 and you didn't, you made, didn't even make a round. Right? Like, that's kind of... That was probably so a Justin and Berrigan smacked me upside the head, but there's no way those guys aren't susceptible to the hype in those buildings in those moments. Oh, yeah. oh you have to be. Well, you're, you, you have to as, be. As, you're as, as, human, human. as humans, yeah. you are. Like that, There's no way around that. Like That's just that's who we are as people. And so you could almost argue that Brett Gardner is you know, going to be influencing a point or two. It's okay, we're going to come down to our last three that's the championship. We we're going to be dead. silent for the rest. Yeah. Of the- yeah. <laughs> No live betting in bull. But riding. then there was no there was no nineties in uh, Saskatoon. But we probably didn't really have any. We didn't even did we even have a ninety in the PBR in Canada this year? Mm, no, yeah, we did. Yeah, where? Uh, Prove it. I think there was one the last couple. Like the last Dakota one on homegrown at Coronation should have been ninety. Oh yeah, he was eighty-seven quarter, but he was eighty-seven was and something. Eighty-seven and a half. Oh right. I think there's a few out there that would agree with that one. Yeah, that was a good, that was a good bull ride. But that's another one too. He was out of shape at one point, right? Is that out of shape or was that hustling? Well, that, but you're not riding them. You're still hu- well. If you're out of middle. shape, you're gonna have to hustle. Yeah, so I guess it's so, one right. of those things, right? I don't yeah. know. Hmm. I'm trying to think. What, was there a ninety this year? I don't think there was. Dakota oh, was eighty nine and a half. I guess Jess, Jess wasn't ninety on. No, he was eighty nine. Yeah, three quarters or a quarter on blow me away. Yeah. There was none of the top right. rides. I remember watching the top rides. Where was yeah, Jess in the top? 
There's no 90s. The, 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 there was a 90 in Calgary, but that doesn't really count. It doesn't count. Nope. So, wow. Yeah, interesting, cool. right? Step it up for 2020, right? Boys or judges be nicer. Yeah, what's the like? What's the equation that brought us here with no 90s? Is it just just those matchups never happen that perfect? Some of the happened, really, you think? some of the best bulls aren't in Canada anymore because no. they've gone south. I would say that we almost dropped off a, a, a bit from prior years this this past season. How like, so? with, like with high caliber bulls, like the good ones that are getting sold, which is how it should be. Like yeah. really, yeah, yeah, those which is no problem. And there's still there's still a ton of great bulls in Canada. We just don't have those like legitimate like like the seven dusts and those really good bulls like Canadian mists and the most. Yeah, they've the all moto. gone down there. They're all gone. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah, it just because our guys are going to ride them. Once are you like, like stuntman Ray? Like all those. Like, but really even homegrown, when you ride them, you don't get a no, big score, right? Because no. he doesn't look flash. So, you know what the ninety was last year was Zane on Young Trent at the at the Saskatoon. Uh, there was an eighteen Dakota on Chrome. At Ranchman's too last year. That's so, right. There was those. Uh, that's twenty nineteen. That that's twenty eighteen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Plus there was yeah, like we're goofballs. Now we're just yeah. diving deep. <sighs> what about uh, these sanctioning of these rough stock events? The other day, Camrose got sanctioned as a rough stock event, and there's a technicality in there where they're just saying that it's three separate rough stock events at one place or something. It's a CPRA sanctioned one. They did BDJ? one. No, Camrose at uh, like a spring, spring, spring rodeo. Spring rodeo is now a rough stock event. I think it's, it's different. Good. It's outlaw buckers putting it on themselves, kind of thing. Like they're renting the building and going doing oh, same no things they're doing like anymore. in Red Deer, right? Like kind of no. Oh, yeah, it's okay. like a promoter. It's kind of what the. It's a different system. I Hon- think it's good. Honestly, it's. You think it's good? Yeah, yeah. it's oh, the. Yeah, sure. You're taking the. I don't want to call it the PBR route, but you're able to just do more with the resources you have for every every time he's going to smack get, me upside well, the head, but for the flashier of the the events in rodeo. That's and he gets you know, more opportunity to like say smaller committees that are struggling with putting on a full rodeo where they could put on a rough stock event, which maybe it's a little less cost. Are they going to all go show. that way though? Like, who's going to want to keep the tiny events? I don't know. Is the CPA? I would, I would say not many because like, a lot of people like like keeping their rodeo because like they've been doing rough stock events in amateur. Like in the CCA, they've had like standalone rough stock events for years now, and they haven't lost many rodeos. Hmm. It just gives another option. Yeah, you got it. What you said, Wacey, about those smaller committees and those committees that don't have a whole ton of resources to yeah. pilot the stuff, you can take a bit off their plate, but still take nothing away from the entertainment factor for the people that you're Well, you tighten to up the show. Out. You have three rough stock events that are exciting. Like, you yeah. can yeah. add pretty yeah. good value to a show. But I think you're not going to lose as many rodeos as you think because, well, you lost cameras because it was too much. You lost it and then brought it back. So you why are they so complaining? You shouldn't be complaining. You should be pumped right? up. Like, there's more rodeos coming now. There's Unless you're a tiny event guy, then you're like, uh, well, what about me? Well, they don't, don't they do some standalone rough stock events that are approved? Or well, not rough stock? Sorry. They have them, but I don't think they're really approved. Oh, okay. Who's going to yeah. buy tickets to that? Yeah, nobody. I'm no. sorry, but like, no. Unless you guys put on a good show, who gives a shit? There's no way. You guys already do your jackpots. You're going to start sanctioning your jackpots. Calf then roping what are we doing? after dark. <laughs> <laughs> you can laugh into the mic, Toby. <laughs> Holy Christ! <laughs> calf roping after. Dark. Imagine the dark. Just have a spotlight following a calf roper around. Be kind of funny. Tough with I like mean, that. I think that they could. <laughs> I think that a time event, if it was produced right, they could do it. But but I don't think anybody cares to do that. I think the only event you could produce to make like an exciting show, time event wise, is barrel racing, though. And that's an addition, like a an ad- one you can add in. Yeah. But even like uh, some of the longer barrel racings, I mean, if it's, you you cap, if you have it, too you much cap content, it, you cap right? It, you cap that. You cap that shit. Right. If sure. you had like a cool progressive. Uh, barrel racing, or if you added some breakaway or something. Breakaway, breakaway is kind of tough with how quick it happens, though. Too. I, I like I said uh, before at CFR that CFR breakaway roping thing. I'm, I'm not the biggest on the timed end side of things. I yeah. definitely cater to the other side a bit. Well, and like we're that, all, we're obviously a bit biased too. Like there was more emotion in the last two rounds of that CFR breakaway roping than there was in the first three rounds of competition at the yeah, CFR. Yeah. Like just watching them girls, it's so fast and very intense. And if your if your production team is is kind of on it and you're able to keep keep track of them times, you you're on it. It's like sitting and watching it on TSN. It was pretty damn exciting. Yeah. So how do you how do you make those other events more exciting? Like, is that even something? Like, how do we even do Elim- that? Elimination style, kind of like the breakaway ropers do. Having it, but do you do that in the event. performances or? They do like by themselves. Who's it gonna? Would, it would have to be by itself. Like this is. But we're not gonna see we're like talking a, sta- we're talking standalone. We're not gonna see like a steer wrestling tour like the S. No, you're not, you're not gonna. But get it. professional steer with wrestlers how quick or something. Time, like, sorry with, guys, but with how quick the timed end can be, I don't see why you can't do a an elimination style where you are running your three timed events too. 
Like, yeah, they could. I don't. Know, but I don't think. I don't think anybody's going to take a take gonna be, a. The next round's going to be ten. Nobody's going to take a chance on doing that though. No, like, no, are you going to go yeah, promote sure. that? Who's going to do it? They can. Are they going to do it themselves? I mean, there's. I like. The, I'm not taking anything away from those guys as far as the horsemanship and the yeah, and yeah. the skill and the, like they're involved. incredible athletes as well. Yeah, it, it doesn't like, have that do you, wow factor though. How like, do you as much as I hate to say, no wants to be. How do you sell tickets? You can't with but with the bull riding, big money. That's how you sell tickets, but then you can't. Then it's not something you can do in a bunch of places if you're handing out fifty grand to somebody. So, but, but but then but who's going to do that? Who's going to sponsor it? And who's going to buy the tickets? Yeah. And saying big money is going to sell tickets. Like if I'm a person, if I'm money. if I li- if I'm someone, an average person, like say the next door neighbor, and I see oh there's a cap event with a hundred thousand added. I don't even know what that is. Why would I go? Yeah, no, fair enough. Whereas like the, <laughs> the, the, the like the bull riding and the PBR. Just using them as an example, they built a recognizable brand. Like most, like an average person would recognize what bull riding is, right? Yeah. Even in a place like Calgary, do you tie the balls up with in the flank? Yeah, but that's that's another <laughs> conversation, though, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, but it's easier. No, it's easier. It's easier to it's easier to sell a product like that, where it's a wow factor and the danger factor, right? Whereas opposed to guys chasing around calves and roping them. Plus, we already have a hard enough time on the animal side of things. How are you going to yeah take that? Just not. So where does this thing go? Where are we in ten years? What you know, if it's uh, all we have these rough stock events. Is that gonna? Is that gonna? gonna is that a, is that deterring rodeo though to have to have these no single events? No, no. Because you have, does you it have fragment the association by just having these different options and not keeping need, it rodeo. Do you just need to be prepared to let it go and accept a bit of change here and there? There's just no question. That's what if Pinocchio decides to go and make a hundred thousand dollar no chance bronc riding? No chance they will. No, no. And I think that you're gonna it's have those, those centers that are classic you're just yeah one of those, those like those one of those communities that. where it's like they they can sustain a rodeo it's been successful for them in the past and it's growing so why change but is it growing like is they, they, growing they, they do you think it's built that big brand new fucking thing yeah from just the involvement i have with them i'd say that they're definitely growing that you can't build them wild west suites that they put up without yeah, there with, being something any revenue yeah. coming in um they do really well on the concert side they're bringing okay. real real acts big acts yeah which so are the people coming from the for the acts? Are they coming to the watch the rodeo? Because I've been to the rodeo but, there. I went there this year and I was pretty bored. You've been down to the states though, and you've said that you know there's a Houston six, sucks six, sixty thousand people in that. It's building a great production after the rodeo. Yeah, but nobody comes for the calf roping. But if the so rodeo is tie down, like the nobody's there then. But if the rodeo is going to reap the benefits of ticket sales to be in the building, yeah, take advantage of it while we can. That's part of it. Um, that it just comes back to that WCRA. I think in the end that they're just they're going to push rodeo into the future with the ability to turn every draw anywhere you go into an opportunity with them. Mm-hmm. They're going to keep rodeo athletes going. They're going to keep yeah. rodeo kind of. I in think a they can take the whole forefront. thing over too. Oh, absolutely! In, I think, in a long I don't, go, I, don't, I think I, it's I, something they probably want to do. Right? I just don't think we see rodeo as a whole get to the same level as PBR these separate alone. events. Yeah, they're just not going to happen. When I started doing this stuff full time five years ago the thing was in my head was like go capture this stuff because it's a sport that's not going to be around and i was saying 10 20 years that it was going to be struggling so bad this was coming from a weekend warrior who had done it for a few years beforehand and i'm pretty damn happy to be sitting where we're sitting yeah five years down the road it's amazing like even what's happening in canada with like the monster we we talked about it not long ago like with the monster energy tour how much it's grown in canada like we're on on tsn yeah this is the best production in the country easy digital publishing and social media has been the best thing to happen to rodeo it's been the best thing to happen to sport in general Oh, absolutely yeah every fringe sports had an opportunity to show off what it has to offer and you see like fucking spike ball videos on on (laughs) social media and like have if spike ball wouldn't have grown to what it is without social media yeah yeah, well, everything down to like super fringe, like uh, uh, paintball and airsoft, they're getting streams and 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 content creation. Even with online, video games, man, like whoever who would have thought twenty years oh, ago, man, or esports, even, 10, that's, oh, yeah. even, that's even even in the in the decade in the twenty tens, like who would have thought that it would have came to that? Yeah. Right, I I do my fair amount of uh, i racing on the side, and there's content creators that I watch. I watch them play another fucking video game while people are paying the money. And yeah, it's crazy. Ten man. years ago, I didn't think that Dang. someone could have suggested that, and you get laughed off every. Well, Stage. Go go back to you being in the racing world. Tell us about tell us about that a bit. Like some of the, I want to kind of go into some of the stories on how you became a photographer. I wanted to be a race car driver when I was growing up, and uh, that's a kind of like rodeo. If you're not rich, you're not going to go anywhere with it. Um, Unless you're what? Is it what's the Lance guy? Uh, Lance Stroll. Yeah, Stroll, his dad yeah. owns a. He's a billionaire, so he's a race car driver. They've yeah. got like 
But his dad's like a billionaire, so that's how the kid can yeah. be a big like yeah. a F one race. Like if you guy. don't have an uncle that's some high it's, up in it, it's like show. It's like show jumping. Like it's a sweet sport, but if you don't have Skrilla, like you're not getting. Well, in. even rodeo. Like how does Skrilla. a kid without any any cash get into rodeo, especially on the time event side? Like to have horses you, and stuff. You need like, the horsepower. You it's need. I wouldn't have mind a rope and stuff, but I didn't want to put my parents in that kind of spot. Like I was hard enough to play hockey. Yeah. It's even that's even I was just gonna say like with hockey now, it's such a privileged sport. Like if you, oh yeah, like I was talking about the radio. The you know the sports that are gonna be big in the next five or ten years in canada is gonna be like basketball because it's not soccer basketball soccer the the rates where people can compete in that and be a part of it are it's cheap to do and the injury rates are so low compared to uh hockey anything else well, right? even, hockey, to, play, even, even to play any high level hockey it's thousands golf, and thousands of dollars golf is the same way like it's expensive to do and mm-hmm. to be a part of like it's mm-hmm. interesting yeah no it was that's what i wanted to do and then you realize you can go and still be a part of these communities and these sports by writing about them. So I went into state thinking I'd write and I fucking hated writing. It, it just, <laughs> You're pretty good at it though. I it, It's a formula. News writing is such a formula. If you, if you have the ability to talk to people and, and ask a question that's going to garner an interesting response. Decent answer. Just yeah. Answer I no feel question. like you can, you can teach that formula pretty well. So I appreciate the, compliment but it is very much it's math at the end of the day news writing that's all it is for me to accept my fucking compliment (laughs) Uh, all it is all it is now is just like get the quotes put them on paper put a few things in between it's like what you said kovi told me because i I don't know how to write either i'm just making it up but he says it's like fact quote fact quote fact quote bye you you drop a fact you back up each fact with a quote from the expert that's and then bam and and whether that expert's darren eno the owner of a bull of the year or or Wacy talking Me. about the Calgary Flames. So hey, you want to talk some about the Flames? No, I really They're don't. Fucking sucking right now. That's fun. <laughs> yeah, what a bad team. What a bad That's hockey enough team. Out of you. <laughs> so uh, it's probably a laziness thing, but they stuck a camera in my hand in the first year, and I chased that because it was in, in school at state. In school at, at state, they said, yeah. "Hey, take the picture, boy." <laughs> you had to. You had to do a bit the, of the photography. Takes the damn picture, boy. Because you, you had to take a picture with to go through story. Yeah, you had to do a photography unit, and once I really? took a camera, what year hand, was that? Uh, it was 06. Did you have like a really? like a light bulb moment, like an epiphany, like, and you like had that camera in your hand? You're like, fuck yeah, this is what I like. it was my this is the kind of shit I like to do, boy. My family, <laughs> my family bought me a better family pictures. What? No, <laughs> bought me a better camera. <laughs> It, at Christmas that year, like to upgrade, because to go on into photojournalism's major the second year, you had to have like better equipment, which I thought was kind of which is shit at which is under, what is understandable. Yeah, I mean, well, you want to show up with your Kodak fucking digital camera, your cell phone. Your like, What's up, prop? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're just spinning it up and just taking your pictures. <laughs> Polaroid, just like there's a big explosion. You hold the the the, the, <laughs> the old school like 1800 yeah. camera, just like under the the things. <laughs> Stand still down. Yeah. So no, when they gave me a, a an actual camera, and I realized that I could just call up any racetrack, not that there were many around here, and say, "Hey, I've I have a f- camera and a connection to a newspaper. Can I come hang out?" Nobody would say no. That that just I was sold. I could go do what I wanted. Be that's sick. Front row seats and capture it. The the passion was definitely to be at these events to start, and then once you started realizing you got to capture pretty cool moments in it all, that's what. That's what just sent me off on the passion side of it. Well, and then you went off and, and went into the racing side and you got to go to the all the big races, right? It was Daytona, Indianapolis, and you were there with like motorsport.com. Yep. Um, I was a uh, content manager with motorsport.com for three and a half years. Spent Not a, lot a big of, deal. A lot, <laughs> lot of time in uh, newspapers leading up to that. But every spare moment I had, I was freelancing on the auto racing side. Um, I missed two calgary stampedes part of calgary stampedes to fly out to toronto for the indycar race out there um i don't know some of dangerous sports too that hmm. makes it that much cooler to capture that you're living what's yeah, the living. Coo- what's your the coolest race you've been to or your favorite one you've been to uh, it's really that one's like tough as all get out because when you once you've seen the indianapolis 500 up close and the daytona 500 up close they're they're incomparable they're both events that are attended by hundreds of thousands of people over the course of one day, um, all those events are obviously weeks long leading up to that day. But it's like a week long tailgate leading up to the race. NASCAR, exactly. Freedom. Yeah, no one bush light. You'd be shocked that the IndyCar <laughs> side in in Indianapolis is probably about ten times so as I, redneck so as my next, NASCAR. I was going to say, what what's the di- comparison environment between IndyCar and NASCAR? Is it like kind of the same demographic, or is it like more of like a uppity for the IndyCar? IndyCar, there's a little bit of uppity. It's the open wheels. They kind of look like Formula One cars. They're they're faster. Um, they're on road courses. So there's that, there is that attitude of, there's a bit more money to it while NASCAR has been trying to maintain its, its roots, which I think is what's 
kind of its downfall because you get do you know who ally is as a as a business in the united states no but jimmy johnson the last years of his career is one of the most successful drivers in the modern era seven-time champion um has had lows on the car for most of his career mm-hmm. and that's like everyone you just key into that right away oh he's the hardware store guy well the last years of his career they're bringing in businesses like ally i still don't know what ally is i think it's a bank Maybe or a like brokerage the of this yeah down in the you states over, head over the ally so bank it's later. that as soon as they've lost that how do you spell it? I'm going to look it up because I'm curious. A-L-L-Y. That's, it's, yeah. it's funny because I always just like revert back to Talladega Nights to the scene when he like has Fig Newtons on his on his windshield. He's like, <laughs> it's like, this is really dangerous, but I do love Fig Newtons. Yeah. <laughs> I think NASCAR. Ally Bank. Yeah. There you go. It's a bank? Okay. Yeah. Headquartered. That. Oh, this Sandy. It's maybe, is it, I'd say Sandy, Utah. It's the Mormon Bank. Maybe. Oh, man. All them, them damn Mormons. Sandy, Utah, United States. Them damn Mormons. We're going to get on the conspiracy trail. But it's cool because I, I think of NASCAR. And then I think of like who drove the Tide car for that forever. Tide. Uh, well, uh, Daryl Waltrip in the eighties, but then, uh, uh, early nineties, and Ricky Craven had it. Um, actually, one of the most famous NASCAR finishes was in two thousand three at Darlington Motor Speedway, where the Tide ride beat the uh, Sharpie sponsored vehicle by yeah. like zero point zero 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 type type stuff. And um, in an era that was NASCAR's biggest era, uh, kind of the Dale Earnhardt passing in the Daytona five hundred on. You, they kind of rode that way, oh, yeah. and then that 2003 finish at Darlington just, uh, just another crest. Well, I remember sport. when I was younger, I had I had like NASCAR video games, and I'd always, like I like like Dale Earnhardt Jr. was like the one name that I always recognized because he, he was the Wrangler guy. Oh, he and he drove the Bud the Bud car too, didn't he? Bud was yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Number three, right? Uh, that was his dad. He was eight. Yeah, oh, was, that's right. Okay, he was eight. Yeah, correct. Two, wow, two threes oh. combined. I don't know a little bit of NASCAR and a big difference. Two threes combined a six, but. No, like if you put if you take a three and you turn it around and put it together, that's an eight. Maybe that's what they're thinking. I'm smart, man. Smart Interesting. Conspiracy theories of NASCAR. So how'd you uh what was the, what was one of your coolest memories on the on the racing side of things? Hmm. Uh the Daytona five hundred I was at, Dale Earnhardt Jr. won it. There was a six that's and a sick. half hour rain delay. Um they can't race in the rain going in circles on slick tires. Uh they were just testing out a new track drying thing called the air titan which was like four trucks basically Big with vacuum. jet engines blowing friggin' everything off that track but florida and florida in february it, it uh a little it, rainy it was a little rainy so we got done this race at it had been 2 30 in the morning the lights came on i was shooting the whole thing from the roof that's where they wanted me with just lenses for days i could i could pinpoint a, a nose hair from two miles out it was pretty badass in that Weird. in that <laughs> in that regard but dale Earnhardt jr ended up winning the thing and uh the way the whole weekend worked out because of that rain delay i had 45 minutes at my hotel before i had to be at the champions breakfast um which is something most media don't actually cover you get your your big big deal and then motorsport.com always wants someone there so i ended up getting to have breakfast with dale Earnhardt jr Rick no Hendrick. way i mean i'm not sitting at their table there's no question oh. but there was only his crew one TV crew and then me and another photographer with motorsport.com hanging out this thing. And, uh, so you I'd pretty much did like, did you get to, table. did you get to like yeah. sit with him at all? Like talk to him? Uh, <laughs> briefly when my sunglasses came off my head, tired, standing in front of him, taking a portrait and him and his crew chief, uh, did the, they both tried to bend over and pick up your shit and you shake he like he'd he like he be a beauty. I just like see, I've, I've seen him his tweets and stuff. Like he just seems like an absolute beauty. Yeah. I'd, I'd say so. He does the iRacing thing too. In fact, Oh, really? uh, him and I are going in the same circles where I'm probably a couple a couple starts away from being able to start a race or two where he's in it. Um, oh, cool. Which be, That's awesome, man. Thing, yeah, really? My, the, the guy I race with has done four or five where he's been in there now. He's That's figured out. Sick. Yeah, they put their they put their little one to bed and he does one or two races each night on the service. And there's a there was a tweet just before Christmas. It was like two nights before Christmas. He got on there and he's doing a late model race and he moved a guy up like up the track, a couple laps to go to go in the thing. And that was his dad was famous for that. He's known as the Intimidator. Um, and there was a famous quote where he'd say, oh, I didn't want to wreck you. I just wanted to rattle your cage, which was just saying, like, I was just trying to scare the piss out of you because I'm either going to wreck you or I'm going to get through you either way. And so this this uh, whoever was racing with him on the service started they're freaking out up in arms. What are you doing? You moved me out of the way. This is you should be racing. Correct. You're a real race car driver, man. What the hell? And he just came over the radio and goes. Sorry, I didn't mean to wreck you. I just wanted to rattle your cage. <laughs> well, the guy ended up capturing this, putting it on Twitter, because that's probably the greatest moment of his fucking life. That's so sweet, man. Well, it's cool. I, I seen a cool tweet from him, and there, or like it was a quote of what someone had asked him, like, what's his dream, like, 
race scenario and it's like a dirt track out back in his fucking <laughs> oh, property yeah. <laughs> with like a, a bar that's open 24 on hours on the third turn yeah, yeah. he <laughs> owns a bar in, in uh, charlotte called whiskey river his his property is all wrecked like massively wrecked race cars they call it, i think they call it the junkyard and it's just if you are in a huge wreck and you're a buddy of dale jr's he's probably on the phone right now with your car owner going so how much for that car because he just wants to like pull the engine out grab all the shit you need out of it i'm putting that car on my property somewhere and that's and sick. uh yeah the the little bit of content he's put out online just showing what what his property's like he, he's got four wheelers and like a little dirt track that he yeah. does them quarter midget type things on but it'd just be badass to go see all the the racing huh. history he's got laying around his property how do you feel about the movie cars Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> There's I, Big Larry the Cable Guy fan. Good job. I was on stage at the Daytona 500 with Larry the Cable Guy. You know, really? you're just like, you're going around shooting the things going on. He was doing a Q&A, and I just had a fisheye lens and, and a pass that said you could go where you wanted. And I thought, what the hell? Let's try this. And nobody said anything. So he's he's smelly in person. <laughs> oh, really? That guy's a unit. He probably smells like... He's, he's a big guy. Holy yeah. blue ribbon. Hopefully he doesn't listen to this. I might get some sort of defamation... <laughs> No, you're fine. I'm sure he's not you know, the first person to say he's smelly. No, true. True. That's funny. That was a funny question. Yeah, kind of funny sometimes. <laughs> have you ever drove a real race car? Uh, just carts. Um, like, like a go-kart? The, so have I, buddy. No, like the... <laughs> yes, the, the carts, but like Rotax race carts. Um, I did a, a half-day school with one of like... His name... Alan Berg. He was a Canadian F1 driver. Cool. He only did a couple of GPs, but he put on a... Uh, racing school after he still does it in california we don't have any tracks here left but uh yeah i did a half day in the cart uh, at his school at race city before it shut down um and that was those are cool and then i've got to do like ride-alongs on a race bike sick and in a, a viper in long beach california dodge Ooh. viper race car Ooh. um there's something about the forces when one of those cars is breaking that yeah you you didn't realize that that sort of adhesion existed in mechanical. Well, it'd be, it'd be cool to like experience that. that. Like, cause you probably have no idea. Like, I've never experienced like, well, actually my uncle would like, he drag race. He had like a 70 or 69 Chevelle. He, he drag race, oh. mess hat. And that thing had fucking balls. Like, he took us for a ride along and like down the track a few times. And that thing would haul ass. And like, you're like sucked in the back of your seat, yeah. but that's the closest I've ever been to being like in a race car. Huh? Yeah. It'd probably cool. blow a guy's mind a little bit. Wouldn't it? Um, it really does. I bought, um, at 19, I bought a little sports car because I really wanted it. It was a just a little import all-wheel drive. Tiburon? No. <laughs> <laughs> it was a 1991 <laughs> Nissan Pulsar GTIR. Nissan had to make it for rally homologation, it's called. They had to make so many road cars of the car they were going racing with to be legal. Okay. And so I picked one up when I was 17, and just one day driving into Airdrie, uh, I just thought I'd pin it as long as i could and i got up to 225 kilometers Jesus. an hour uh the speedo stopped at 230 and is that, it, is that racer lingo the speedo where were you going were you where are you wearing, 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 wearing that you know the hill westbound into airdrie it's yankee valley boulevard but um the that south big hill big hill like down 95 oh yeah i know what you're talking. i know yeah, exactly where you're talking about. the big yeah. hill spring Road, it's right, right in towards where my house is like you're just gonna yeah. come in and you could cut into my place and um it was before they put that light down there but by the time i looked down at 225 and looked back up i was in the city and shit was passing me so fast that i like about pooped like that was like jesus <laughs> and that's take. not even how fast they're going like they're going they, 200 miles an hour yeah yeah, yeah. uh it, at the indianapolis 500 those cars are doing close to 400 kilometers an hour so jesus just, christ that's like that's an airplane that's not to take flight yeah, yeah right? and they, like, that's how fast and they do take and out. they do and that's the danger side of the, the that's game insane. for them guys that's right? wild holy shit okay let's go to rodeo how'd you get into this side of things I don't I don't know how I got into it really. I'd say you more so than anything else. I uh bought my car. Whoa, whoa, what's back up? How did you two meet? Let's talk people on people <laughs> here. Pro Rodeo 20 this, One of my favorite it was what? I got a lot of flack for it, but uh I had some memory come up it was last year or the year before where I realized that I've known Ted longer than my first marriage was <laughs> the entire relationship of my first marriage. <laughs> Huh. Yeah. Uh, no, I uh that's funny. I got a little bit involved with the Airdrie committee. So you're saying we're like more together than you you and your first right wife were? <laughs> first like, wife. You and I have had a longer relationship than you you and your first wife. Yeah, too. we've been friends longer than I was friends with my first wife. <laughs> oh dear. I'm not really friends anymore, that's I guess. Cute. Yeah, that's cute little um no, Airdrie. I did, yeah, you yeah, on the committee? did a little bit of work with their committee. Uh quickly recognized that 
rodeo didn't we're in a lot of people. disaster. Well, they're just on the marketing side. <laughs> it's a jungle out there. <laughs> this place is a fucking disaster, man. I just, it, is, it is like for most places, like the there's a shit few. Show. Everything's so fragmented. It's a fucking disaster. The the f- I'm sorry, the but, fragmentation oof. of the sports definitely huge from oof. an individual committee side. The one thing I recognized was I was working at the newspapers, and I always enjoyed going out and shooting the rodeo each year. I'd find reasons to be down in Calgary for all ten days, whether my newspaper wanted me there or not, whether there were deadlines. I'd have and, a reason to be there. And this was like it. this was like twenty ten, well, eleven, twelve. No, this is nine two oh eight through to meeting you was just me hitting calgary yeah uh working with airdrie a little bit um because i met you in 2010 the first time the Kobe, first time we were i was riding there i think that's that picture on the wall right mm-hmm. so I'd imagine so one of the few photos kobe has sold to it as an individual yeah 10 or 11 <laughs> so it was 2010 or 11 one of those years and yeah. kobe comes up to me out because i was vi- filming so it would have been that was 12 actually that that time we met because I was videotaping some stuff on the side of the fence. Where like when I first so you, rode, so you rode and then you videotaped. No, this was the year after. Okay. Yeah, this okay, is 2012, I think. Because I was like, in Adrian Pinoco, I went back and forth and did some videotaping and even just starting the website because I was trying to like videotape events. But like unless I was there for the first perf or or the short go, then I couldn't get anything worth worthwhile. I could videotape a whole event and not get any content if I just went for a regular perf. Like I'd have to like it was it was a shit show, right? But but Kobe was on the side of the fence and he was like, hey, uh, I'm looking to talk to Skyler McBride. Do you have his number? And I'm like, uh, I don't know if I should give <laughs> you just, I don't know who this guy is. Should I just give him somebody's number? So I'm like, uh, how about you give me your number and I'll give it to Skyler. Yeah, yeah. And then I like introduce them after I think or something. But I'm like, I'm just not going to give this number to some guy. <laughs> some guy with a camera. Some guy with a camera. Just, I don't know who the just hell Skyler. he is. It's a Skyler. Just some, He's fine. Just some <laughs> annoying uh, reporter i'm not just gonna yeah. give out random numbers so yeah. so that was like my first interaction with kobe i think was that year and then later in the year we met up at the nfr and then he took some picture some picture the website took some picture for the website. 2012 yeah. nfr right or was it 2011 no 2012 nfr was the first one i went to yeah so, so you said that you like always ended up going to calgary like before you'd met ted and kind of when you first started getting in what drew you to like airdrie calgary kind of thing or what like like the rodeo like, yeah like from like, airdrie though originally right because uh, yeah uh, born and raised born, born I'm as born and raised near as you you can be. They don't have a hospital, so mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I rodeo is exciting as hell. There's there's no question about it. When you're a young photographer and doing the newspaper thing, you go to the same fundraisers, you go to the same food bank, this the same Santa Claus parade, that, and you're taking the same pictures. Mm-hmm. Three hundred sixty-five. Yeah, it's just it's count three sixty-five. You'll be doing the same thing over and over. But there was something about rodeo time so the the week before calgary and then calgary and ranchman shoot i got to do that for a handful of years Ted, i was Ted I, I got a picture i got a picture of you a picture you took of me from ed ranchman yeah. 2014 yeah um dick slammed by some big boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh so it was just the, it was the more exciting shit i got to do is hockey and rodeo were the things that i mm-hmm. loved to do on the work side that i could justify in the office racing was I, I wanted to go do the big racing side, so all the community tracks never really got anything. No, um, um, but it, like looking way back, there's a funny story I like to tell people that my dad brought me to the rodeo when I was knee high to a grasshopper, and he got he got a little tipsy. This is in Airdrie. He got a little tipsy in the beer garden, and I had buggered off, climbed the fence, and was on the back of the chutes for the bull riding before the bull riding, and they stopped the show and said, "If you're missing your." your kid can you come and get him and i remember being passed back over the fence before the bull riding and so anytime i get to like oh you seem to really like the bull riding side i like to think that maybe there was a real cool moment of standing on the back of the shoes as a young kid going yeah. holy fuck what this world's terrifying but um so yeah. when are you going to get on the bull i'm not going to get on the bull there's <laughs> no question about that I, I think the my performance at the at the Clooney property there on their on their buck right years ago told me that that's enough. Did I put you on that thing and you got mucked out? No, no, I didn't get mucked out. I just there's no no form in a big bastard. I like bucked me. a guy right off of one of at the golf course at the golf yeah. tournament. Oh yeah, yeah, that was this year. Yeah. That's so funny. So uh, you I said could, you like really unexpected. You said you liked to photograph hockey. I played we, hockey growing we're up. We're playing there. in a hockey tournament in a few weeks. Thirtieth anniversary of the Hannah tournament. I could you come with our guy. But you guys won't Do you want to play hockey with us too? Do you I ref too. Do you just need someone to blow a whistle a little they bit? They will. They would <laughs> they, they, actually they would that. actually love a guy to come ref, just, honestly. If you actually want to come with us, that would be great. We'll get we'll buy I'll buy you on the team. I'll buy you a bottle of booze if you come photographer us for the weekend. You can come stay with us too. If we get a hotel a, room with three beds, three doubles, three beds, right? Three, three queens, double, three queen bitch. beds. Damn, three beds. Canalta soup or Canalta. Please Hannah. 
Please don't count on my commitment no, during in. the podcast. Now you're again. It's, just, on, it's on the it's record. The, it's the on the record. After I the, can be a ref that's photographing at the same time. It's on the record. <laughs> you, you, it'll be the weekend after the Super Bowl. After the next edition of the Bachelor, Cowboy Shit Edition. Oh, baby. Ooh. Ooh. Um, <laughs> Speaking of that, if you'd like to apply to be one of the Bachelorettes. Applications will be open soon. Yeah. That's great. No, the uh, and then just noticing that Rodeo doesn't have a lot of committees were always Airdrie's committee was calling me while I was at the newspaper going, we need a picture for a poster every year. We need a picture for a poster. We need a picture for a poster. And you kind of go like, you're a big committee. You're, you know, you put on a five day rodeo. You don't have anyone that takes your pictures for you. Like, good God. So that's good gravy. Yeah. So I got, <laughs> that's how I got in. I, I did a little bit of work just saying like, you know, I'll, I'll pitch you guys a handful of pictures every year to, Make sure you have something, and and the and the goal behind that was just to make sure that Airdrie pushed on into the future. And then I worked with the royalty a little bit again, pushing found them. a wife. Yeah, push the <laughs> push the market, push the marketing side of things. And oh god, yeah. And I every, everybody, every person involved with rodeo's story reverts back to a rodeo queen in some aspect. I don't care who you are, what you've done. <laughs> It's them well, the, yeah. damn rodeo queens, man. I tell you. The, uh, <laughs> they'll bring all them city kids they ain't in. ain't nothing but trouble. <laughs> Us idiots were real. Yeah. We're real. Stick, uh, uh, really fall for them uh, rodeo queens. There's one photo of you that I really like. Because there's not many. Because you're usually behind the camera. It's the one when you're getting chased around the shark cage. When, when <laughs> that, uh, JF Can, took that one. That was in like, uh, yeah. where was it? Quebec City? Quebec. No, we were in London. Oh, London? London. Yeah. Oh, gosh. So I want to no. know. No. It had to be Quebec be, or Ottawa. It's Ottawa. Ottawa. No, that's yeah. right. Yeah. June 9th, 2017. <laughs> Bam. I want to <laughs> know. I want to hear your experience from like your point of view because I have a similar story to share after you're done. <sighs> <laughs> you asked if I'd ever get on the bull. I, I don't think I ever would. But one That's of these one we're using to promote the show too. By the way, one of these <laughs> one of these times I want to uh, I want to put cleats on or just some some shoes and just find someone that's got a nice quietish calf and just get comfortable in the arena with the animals. Five years down the road, saying you want to fight the bull. I don't. Wanna you want to ride the bull. You want to fight the bull. So you're gonna start. You're gonna start strapping on cleats in the arena. No, 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 no. <laughs> I want to go to one of the. Schools. I think you should. That'd be so funny. <laughs> I want to. Uh, I want to go to one of the schools. One of these because I like, like a bullfighting school. I go to them anyway, and I'm there and just just get a feel. Holy. Like go get mucked out once. Feel get what run it's like. Honestly, though, that's not over. like. Like that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Someone like you didn't grow up around cattle your whole life and yeah. like work. Like, that's not a bad idea. Next thing, Kobe's going to be the photographer guy that like just like or like the announcer that just drop kicks his microphone. He just gets right up there with his camera and then just makes <laughs> goes for ninety with it's his like camera. Like turning back, turning back a both one hand, taking there. a picture of his other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I uh, it just more for comfort. Like you said, I didn't grow up with these dang animals, and and being in the arena, I definitely have moments where I'm up the fence a lot quicker than anyone else will be, and and mm-hmm. um, which is understandable. We got the greatest bullfighters in the world up here, so I, I'm pretty safe out there. But um, that that moment was uh, you pooped a little. I were definitely you like, were you like look like looking through the lens, and you're like, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh shit. No, see, this was close. This was the. This is really close. That was the first year that me being on the tour, and the we had slightly less tall banners that year, so I didn't mind being in the arena. I'm not about to like one arm lift myself up the fence like Andy Watson. I think you can do it eventually one day if I really worked at some tricep dips. Some some tricep dips. Um, I uh, I was right next to the shark cage shooting that that out, and uh, I lost the bull behind the shark cage. That's what happened. Was like click click click. And you know the bullfighters. Where'd he go? Yeah, it was like holy crap! If I can't see him, he's on the other side. So I just started booking it around this, around the shark cage, and kind of <laughs> oh did shit, you, no, he's like, there. Did he's you like there. lock eyes with him for the moment with the there's, bull and the bull's like, well, that's, and you're like, Ugh. and that's the worst part. I feel like if you look at the damn things in the eyes, that you've actually keyed into them. They're never looking. They're on you. Yeah. So it's kind of like just, <laughs> just kind of you know know where they're at and and be aware and that's funny. Go from there, but yeah, I, that was another poop moment. I was so glad that Jean Francois Bertz. <laughs> uh, Eastern rodeo photographer fellow also, uh, or he was he was there and, and captured that because, I mean, I'm not out there to go get mucked out or, or be the spectacle, but you need some fucking proof of when that happens. <laughs> so my similar experience that I had, I wasn't the photographer obviously, but I was out in Toronto at the Royal Winter Fair and Norm Betts 
You know where that is? Were you there when he got launched uh, across? This is the story, man. I oh, was there. It. It's my first year out of the, at the Royal Winter Fair. So they used to do like a East versus West deal. They invite the top four in the CCA to come against the top four in Ontario for that rodeo in Toronto. And Norm Betts was the photographer there. So we're at the afternoon perf and I'm, I'm just waiting for my turn to go. And then this guy comes out. I think he stayed on for a couple jumps and this bull kind of takes off around the arena. Norm's he's in the arena. He's Norm's like probably like 65 at this time. He's an older gentleman. And uh, so this bull comes back around to where like kind of towards the front of the shoots where Norm is. And for whatever reason, Norm's in the middle of the arena, like still snapping pictures of this bull. And you can just see him like still like in his lens and his camera and this bull is coming right at him. Then all of a sudden, this bull just runs him over. Like, just like he flip. didn't he didn't realize that the bull was that close to. Him? I guess not. Like, I don't know camera. what I don't know what the hell. He, yeah, I don't know what the hell he was he's thinking. He's taking oh two, God. and they're both on camera. They're yeah. both on the web somewhere, and, and yeah. both times and they're like he was right. fucking oblivious. Oh man, he got fucking like <laughs> the bull had come on, and like right at his knees and just flipped him right up. Yep. and like he had and probably, distance, and he probably had like ten pounds of cameras on, and he's like not a athletic gentleman and he's old yeah and he got that it was the craziest shit i've ever seen in my life oh my god yeah yeah i mean <laughs> if you're gonna what's the if you're gonna swim with the sharks right if you're gonna you're mess gonna, with everyone mess with the bull you're gonna get you the literally arms. have the option to shoot on one side of the fence or the other side of the fence so if you're gonna Jesus. put yourself well in we've seen similar op- we've seen similar things happen in calgary in calgary yeah like ha- has so, it happened in calgary oh yeah Oh, so like the stampede. What do you no. like? What's your at the grounds? I how do you as a, a photographer, you get hooked like that? Like what? Like how do you like what do you do after? How do you get back? Like, how do you how would you back? get back? So it's like, like what's your initial reaction when you get when you like after like the bull running over you're, you're like on the you're ground. Gonna you're going to be freaking embarrassed. embarrassed. Out your okay. Ass. okay. Like cool. I'm going to be a different shade of red because I want to it's I don't plan on for one. Everybody's laughing at you. Yeah. Guaranteed. Especially if you're okay. I mean, like at the end of the day, we're all it's a big animal. There's going to be a little bit of concern. I'm a big guy. I'm sure everyone's going to definitely have a whole fucking hope. Kobe's bit. okay. Just don't. But when just I don't stand do up, it. when I stand just up, they're going to laugh their asses off. And no, yeah, and that's the thing is, I, I'd like to. You, don't lie. be a dumbass. I'd, I'd like to fine. get through a, a career doing this stuff. And the photo's never not really, worth getting hooked. You know, after being <laughs> able to be three shoots down from from um, the, the the bucking action at the Calgary Stampede on the dirt. The, the photo is definitely worth it. Yeah, sometimes so it's worth yeah, getting but hooked over. Three, it, three, three, you're not going to get hooked three shoots down for the most part, unless you're like really unless you're a real idiot, unless you're in, yeah, no. or right. really, really wanting to get your bullfighters doing their job. I definitely pop up a little bit early if I'm real tight on the action. Oh, totes. There's something to be said about getting closer in this game. Mm-hmm. Lenses do well, good. Well, speaking but, of that too, but let's talk about the style. Your style of photos in the rodeo business are different i mean a guy like matt cohen probably would disagree with you saying he created it all based I on his don't like that guy at based all. on his based on his tweets Fuck, he pisses me off that guy <laughs> God, like, you I don't, don't even know him you haven't even met him no, i haven't even met the guy in just the way he like the, his presence on social media and how he walk, he just like flop, like he's got this <laughs> fucking huge dick that nobody else can yeah. and, he, he just, and he's just like the talk, biggest internet troll in rodeo oh and he's like he just like <laughs> oh man he pisses I, uh, me off it's it's funny because i know he'll be listening to this so oh he, really oh yeah good but fuck you matt cohen um I stand I, behind that. The that's, thing is, is he easy, owns it. The, he owns it. And that's <laughs> something that I have to give him credit for because, you know, I'm going to call him an asshole online right here, right now, too. He's a prick. But <laughs> he owns it on his damn website. He had someone, quote, call him um, a million dollar photographer, but a 10 cent person. Instead of, oh, instead you know of, what? That would of, fucking rattle me. Instead of crying himself <laughs> to sleep about it. He made it his tagline on his website. I wouldn't hire him. Fuck you. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> honestly, if you're, you're going to be that much, if you're going to be that heavy online, you got to own it. He owns it. Um, his style is pretty, his style is badass. Whether you created something or not, I'm never going to get into that argument. My style literally just comes from, I was trained in newspapers and everything I had to do was going to be going to an event, uh, shooting for the duration of that event. And then you're going to have to pick one picture. Editing's big. Um, in photojournalism, they don't want you to be doctoring your pictures beyond reality. That's that goes against like the morals and ethics. So what, what you're taught in school, um, but you still have to just get it down to one picture. Um, and then on top of it, you're going to be printing it on glorified toilet paper. <laughs> like quite literally newsprint is one, one gauge up, if you will. It would take a lot away from a nice photo. It does. No, yeah, it absolutely does. So that photo has to be that much better. If you're shooting tell the faces, story too. Yeah. If you're shooting faces, you have to be in their face. You're printing it on get my face, toilet though. paper. So that was my thing too, was when you get to see the amount of rodeo I saw, on like a weekend warrior style when I was doing that, 
everything was in the arena. You'd never see a picture of a guy getting ready. You'd no. never see. And they're I always mean, the dumbass like ones where the bulls aren't kicking or something. Yeah, they're like, yeah. oh, look at how cool this photo is. Yeah. That's complete shit. No, yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's cool. I like the, the, a lot of the photos you take of like, guys' reactions. Like that's the, to me, those are yeah. the coolest photos when people are pumped up or you see their buddies on the back of the shoots. Yeah. Like you took that picture that we posted of Justin, right? When you're doing the thumbs up and everybody's yeah. just like, fucking right. That yeah. was, like, that's a yeah. sweet that, photo. That one's up in my kitchen. That's a, such a fucking, I love that's that unreal picture. picture. Like, yeah. That's like it's in Kobe's kitchen. That's his. That's what everybody says about his cooking. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> yeah, or it's, it's really like, good. or it's like he walks in and he's like supper time, and then Justin's like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Keely, when they wanted, they wanted a copy of it too. They got in touch with me and said that was the way that they used to judge before digital, like just to communicate with your secretary and the, and the situation. It was just a big thumbs up, and and he said that well, so cool that all went down that ride. Olison covered liquid fire, the bounty bull deal that first night and they said the whole fucking system went down he didn't know what to do so he just did one of those and and i'm going why the fuck is he click what? okay. what's sweet because then the, the crowd sees it, sees it too because like brett's like did he make it and then they're like yeah fucking right. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no it was a hell of for a cool twenty thousand, yeah for 20 grand yeah and a guy that i don't think we really expected to go cover that bull either no which probably was, not yeah. yeah, huge moment for him and and for the, the drama. finals. Never heard nobody. It was funny this year when the uh, like when they had the video review and Justin Logan coming in like do like the whole like <laughs> stick fucking roll. Caesar, up, yeah, Caesar's like uh, he's got to shake, <laughs> shake it next year. Yeah. <laughs> What's your goals for 2020 and I, beyond? Where do you? Yeah, where do you? Just, see for, just for this, just just yeah, moving this, moving forward in this industry. What else do you want to do? I want to be accomplish. I want to be more involved in the marketing side of um, rodeo and bull riding. Uh, primarily bull riding i found that that side's a little bit more open to the professionalism and kind of things that i'm trying to bring and 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 making sure that you find the talented people to do this stuff um i, I get to work on this pbr program i definitely want to turn that into something else the commemorative program next year i want to turn that into maybe an opportunity with a couple other places and then my year-to-year goals f- photography wise i just kind of go down to a perf count i want every year to have a hundred at least a hundred performances of bull riding rodeo chuck wagon racing um because i think that if you can't make a living being on the road for a hundred days out of your year or a hundred performances in a year you're doing something wrong if you can get that i not quantity over quality but you you have to be there you can't you can't be earning from these events. You can't be um, building marketing materials with athletes afterwards with images of them unless you're there. So um, that would be my uh, my goal for 2020: hit my hundred and and just continue to get closer, make cool pictures. And so then, but then there's the marketing side of it too. I know we've talked about that before. I'd like to. I want to talk with you more about that to kind of get that agency kind of thing going where we can take over and do a poster for an event, you know, like let's, let us make your poster, please. Yeah. Please let us do it. Cause the images you know. don't need to be from your event necessarily either. Right. We you can, should we always, can you should always be bringing someone in to be capturing your event, whether it be Those a feature. Are, that's the kind of stuff too you pay a professional to do. Like that's just, yeah. that, but a lot of times it falls on a committee member or, or, you yeah. know, they're all yeah, volunteers. They don't sure. want to spend money on no. that kind of thing. Like, Yep. And some and places it, a small a, poster for I guess poster like a small it's not like great expense for the most part. For some committees it might be. But like yeah. so using Airdrie, Airdrie for example, like a poster's not a great expense for a big committee like Airdrie, right? Am I out of the it line saying be a, that? It, no, it should be a standard price across the board. You should have a two hundred fifty, three hundred dollar budget for a poster. You should be paying a graphic designer their hourly rates yeah. for a few rates. And don't for, muck it up with all the text and stuff about your pony races. Yeah, and your we don't. Nobody cares busting. about your mutton busting and your pony Sorry, races. But They're they going to care They'll about it on the website. Just want to know what time exactly. it starts. Yeah, what yeah. days it and is, how much it costs to go, yeah. or where you get tickets. That it's back Pretty to the basic. newspaper thing. You go to something, right? you have to pick one picture. If it doesn't grab your attention, hold your attention. Yeah. You know, yeah. tell you. But a this story stuff is going to go on your social, and it's going to be part yeah. of the whole thing that we got to do. But yeah, okay, this has been a great. We're show, not though. done yet. Oh, what do you got? Oh, what's your definition of cowboy shit? Yeah, bitch. Oh, Thanks for always remembering that. Good work. Well, as a <laughs> as a born and raised city kid, it's a, a pretty daunting thing to have a couple cowboys ask you what your definition of cowboy shit is. But I, I go back to when you had Corbon. I didn't grow up in the lifestyle. I would say I've worked a quarter as hard as many of the people in our industry have in their life. Um, but I like to think that, that, you know, cowboy shit is just getting, getting it done. What, like whatever needs to get done. I think that rodeo has been doing that a long time. They get it done for, with whatever you got. Um, and, uh, like Corb said, I, I like being a part of this 
community because I get to chronicle what's going on. I think that kind of makes me a little bit of a cowboy by association. I'd like to hope. Um, and uh, yeah, chronicling this this uh, community is what I consider cowboy for me. Well, part of what what going like looking at that a little bit more is you you might be more so in some ways because you are like you said your your pictures can live on for you know your legacy that way might live on for a lot generations longer, right yeah. no that's definitely the hope i look at someone like sue rosoff and her content or yeah. her images of lane, stuff with lane, lane and, frost yeah. and john Growney and red rock and all the yeah and all that stuff that, tough and those that's guys. way cool a guy pumping gas with a cigarette in his hand <laughs> sue rosoff laying across the back of the the back of the car to take a cool wide eye picture lane frost pumping gas with a cigarette in his mouth <laughs> give me a break that's probably one of the coolest pictures going uh, and and she did it back when it like was hard dangerously so, yeah yeah i'd live on the edge yeah. okay okay thanks kobe this has been awesome man thanks, thanks for coming down to the house wacy thanks again here's uh to 2020 with cowboy shit this is uh our fourth our fourth year doing podcast now right third 17 18 19 20 man four. oh wait yeah. we've done podcasts in four different years already Damn. that's kind of crazy that's insane that's insanity this has been episode 56 cowboy shit with ted and Wacey. thanks for listening